Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for Isaiah chapter 30. The theme of Isaiah 30 is that men trust in the wisdom of other men instead of looking to God for counsel or to his prophets for instruction. Also, there will be a latter-day outpouring of inspiration and blessings upon many nations following a great slaughter when towers would fall. The Lord will come in a day of apostasy to judge and destroy the world. Notice uh, these towers that fall. Uh, we'll talk about that when it happens here. Verses 1 to 17, Judah rejects her prophets and walks with Egypt. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel or political plans, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. They entered into an alliance with Egypt, which was contrary to God's command. They add insult to injury and make things worse. Two, that walk to go down into Egypt, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and to trust in the shadow of Egypt." in an alliance with Egypt for protection against Assyria. They seek protection from Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. You should have turned to God instead of man for your protection. And his, Pharaoh, princes were at Zoan, or Tanis, and his ambassadors came to Hanes. Leaders from one end of Egypt to the other worked out the treaty with Judah. They, Judah, were or will be all ashamed or disappointed by a people, Egypt, that could not profit them, nor be in help, nor profit, but a shame and also a reproach. In the latter days, the modern superpower equivalent of Egypt, America, would not be willing to assist Israel when the modern equivalent of Assyria threatens to attack. That sounds like um, Syria or, or Russia. Judah's appeal to Egypt would be rejected since Egypt would derive no benefit from providing support and protection to Judah. Verse 6, the burden or a message of doom for those of Judah who travel with loads of gifts on animals toward Egypt, prophecy of doom of the beasts of the south or Hebrew for Negev, the, the southern desert, into the land of trouble and anguish from whence come the young and old lion, the viper and fiery flying serpent. They will carry their riches upon the shoulders of young asses and their treasures upon the bunches of camels to a people that shall not profit them. For the Egyptian shall, shall help in vain. And to no purpose, therefore, have I cried concerning this, their strength is to sit still. Egypt will not help Judah. Now go write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come, for ever and ever. Verses 1 through 7 are also warning of us to us today. That is why Isaiah was commanded to write them. Verse 9, that this is a rebellious people, the Israelite people who won't hearken to the prophets, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the, of the Lord. Well, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. False religious teachers will tell the people what they want to hear, not the truth that is good for them. Verse 11, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon, therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out on a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. You are living on borrowed time. You have broken the covenant that could protect you like a wall by making covenants with Egypt rather than God. 
14. And he, Christ, shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it assured to take fire from the hearth or to take water withal out of the pit. In other words, nothing usable remains. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. Judah could have relaxed in the assurance of God's protection. But ye said, No, for we will flee upon horses, therefore shall ye flee. And we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall, ye, shall they that pursue you be swift. Judah brags that they can beat Assyria, but the opposite will happen. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall ye flee, till ye be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain and as an ensign on a hill. No one is left. Even though only a few of Judah's population will be left, they will act as an ensign to the nations. Verses 18 to 26, Zion is restored to Jerusalem. And therefore will the Lord wait. The Lord will wait until the day of restoration to bless Israel with his presence. Because of your wickedness, the Lord will have to wait until justice is served, that he may be gracious unto you in a future time, and therefore will, be, will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment, or justice, Blessed are all they that wait for him. Isaiah here describes the paradise-like conditions for those who trust in God. For the people that shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem, thou shalt weep no more. He, he will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity, punishment for your disobedience, and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers, the Lord, be removed into a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers." And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left, you will be surrounded with truth. True doctrine will eventually be taught by true messengers. Ye shall defile also the covering of thy graven images of silver, and the ornament of thy molten images of gold. Thou shalt cast them away as a, a menstruous cloth. They will be totally repulsive to you. Thou shalt say unto, unto it, Get thee hence, you will shudder at the thought of idol worship. Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, and bread of the increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous. In that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. Things will go well for Israel when they repent in prosperity. The oxen likewise, and the young asses that ear the ground, or work the ground, shall eat clean provender, which hath been winnowed, and with the shovel, and with the fan. And there shall be upon every high mountain, and upon every high hill, rivers and streams of waters. In the day of the great slaughter, or the day of destruction, of all enemies, when the, t when the towers fall, when your enemies are destroyed. Notice that it says towers, plural. I wonder if that's the falling of the Twin Towers in uh, New York when, the, when we had the attack on 9-11. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold. In other words, things will be better than, for you, than you can imagine. This may indicate an increase in the light of Christ, Holy Ghost, and gifts of the Spirit, as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. A symbol of his power will come to destroy Assyria or wickedness. Christ will heal those that repent. Verses 25 and 26 are best considered together on the basis of their chiastic structure in which Isaiah foretells a traumatic latter-day event. 
However, as if to shield us from the bad news, he envelops the prophecy with good news about what would happen as a consequence of the event. A great slaughter when towers would fall. The central focus of the chiasm is in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. The meaning of these paired phrases was forever emblazoned on the world wide consciousness on September 11, 2001, when the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center fell under terrorist attack, resulting in a great slaughter in which thousands of people were killed. Now, in referring to the atrocities of that day, we have almost universally adopted the phrase, when the towers fell, whether or not we know of Isaiah's prophecy, verse 25, describes an abundance of spiritual blessings that would come as a result of the traumatic event and the wards that would, and the, and the wards that would ensue. Water is a metaphor, meaning inspiration and blessings from heaven, whereas mountains and hills are metaphors, meaning nations of the earth, both large and small. The meaning is that the nations of the earth would be blessed by a streaming flow of revelation and blessings. Verse 26, using a different metaphor, further describes an abundance of inspiration and blessings from God that would be made available to the nations of the earth in that day. The light of the moon and the light of the sun augmented sevenfold upon the earth following the, follow- the falling of the towers and the great slaughter also symbolize that outpouring, this outpouring of revelation and blessings. The chiastic structure tells us that the metaphors of verses 25 and 26 are the same. Both are consequences of the event described in the central focus. Thus, Isaiah foretells a time of great spiritual awakening. The yoke of ignorance and superstition that enslaves many nations of the earth will be thrown off, and the straight and narrow will way will be made known unto them, permitting another phase of the Lord of the latter day gatherings of the descendants of Israel. The Lord's guidance and inspiration will also increase dramatically upon the righteous in that day, healing the affliction of their long exile and providing comfort to those who suffered great loss. I don't think that this has been completely fulfilled yet, so this is something yet to happen. I'm hoping it happens soon. Uh, Verses 27 to 33, the Lord burns the wicked at his second coming. Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue as a devouring fire. In other words, the wicked are destroyed. And his breath as an overflowing stream, an invading army, shall reach to the midst of the neck to to sift the nations with the sieve of vanity. And there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people, causing them to err. They have allowed wickedness to take hold of them and control them. The bridle in the jaws will prevent them from errors. Yea, uh, ye, verse 29, ye, the righteous survivors, shall have a song, joy of the survivors, as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept, the sanctifying of a feast day, and gladness of heart as when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord to the mighty, in Hebrew, that's rock, one of Israel, Those who heed the prophets will be protected. And the Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and shall show the lightning or the lighting down of his arm with the indignation of his anger, with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. For for through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be, be beaten down which smote with a rod, and in every place where the grounded staffs shall pass, which the Lord shall lay upon him, it shall be with tabrets and harps, and in battles of shaking, or waves of battles, will will he fight with it, or against them, God will fight with his voice as well as with music. For Tophet, the place of burning, this was an area south of Jerusalem where humans were sacrificed to Molech, a fire god. Worshippers dug a large deep pit, fitted, fitted it with wood, ignited the fire, and then sacrificed humans there. It's also a metaphor for hell. 
is ordained of old, was planned for in the beginning, yea, for the king of Assyria it is prepared, he hath made it deep and large. It is big enough for all the wicked, the pile thereof is fire, and much wood, the breadth of the, the, breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. And so, anyway, that's the end of the chapter. You can see lots of things in there happening in the last days. Uh, we are in exciting times, aren't we? Anyway, see you later. Bye.